Hi, and welcome to episode one of the Conscious Leadership Podcast with Jen Thurman. That's me. Today, I'm going to talk about one of my earliest aha moments about the impact of leadership. It's a story I've told many times that shaped my philosophy, and I think in a lot of ways planted a seed for me to do the work I do today, which is executive and leadership coaching. But first, since this is episode one, I think a little introduction is in order. My career and life journeys are what I describe as a little inside out. I really didn't go thing, through things in the typical order. And I don't usually lead with this, but the truth is I was a teen mom. Technically, I was only a teen mom for a couple of weeks because I turned 20 19 days after my daughter was born. But there you have it. First motherhood, then marriage two years later, then baby number two came along, planned this time. Then I finished my undergrad, then I finished my master's, and then I took a job with the University of Colorado. So by the time I started my first corporate job about a year later, I had lived some life. But in coming into this new environment, I had new roles to learn, a corporate culture to decipher, and skills and experiences that I was luckily able to just sort of scoop up with so much change and opportunity in the organization and a willingness to go after challenges. I had a meteoric rise through the organization just because I was willing to take some chances and and solve some problems. But this story is about the beginning of that first corporate job. I was a representative in the organization, so pretty low in the corporate ladder, and I worked in communications. I was responsible for the company's intranet, uh, employee and HR communications, um, helping with uh, change management from a, a communications perspective. And the centerpiece of this little tale, I was in charge of a little company perk called Java with Jim. Now, I just want to say here that I inherited this program, and that was not my idea for the name, but it is what it is. So Java with Jim was um, a once a month early morning coffee and some face-to-face time with our CEO, Jim. Um, And we invited the high performers or hypos in our leadership development boot camps uh, to cycle in in waves so that they could have this time. And my job was to manage invitations, make sure everyone knew why they were included and what an honor it was supposed to be that they were. And then to attend these informal chats to make sure everyone felt welcome and comfortable to smooth the way for Jim to casually chat with a team over coffee and bagels from 7 to 7.30 and then move everyone from the boardroom or into the boardroom, excuse me, at 7.30 for a more structured talk. And then, of course, I was the stenographer. I was supposed to document questions that came up and then chase down any follow-ups that came up as a result of this sort of natural flow of ideas that we were trying to foster. But in truth, there wasn't a whole lot of flow. Jim was a formidable presence, tall and imposing, with a towering intellect and this booming voice, which are not in themselves flaws, but when you add to the fact that Jim seemed to loathe small talk and mingling, his impressive presence became downright intimidating. Despite my efforts over the course of a couple of months, and probably in no small part due to my um, stature or place in the hierarchy of the company, 
I wasn't able to persuade Jim to mingle and chit chat with our guests. So here's how it would go every single time. I would get there at about 6.45 to make sure the room was set, the food was out, and of course they always were. Jim's EA was a force of nature. And then I'd greet the attendees as they trickled in. I'd tap dance around, trying to get to know people, trying to calm their nerves a little bit, and more frequently try to calm my nerves a little bit, drinking coffee and clutching my notebook while sweating through my Oxford shirt. Then right at 7.29, the last possible mingling minute of the mingling time, Jim would come in and pour himself a cup of coffee, bellow good morning to everyone, and signal to me that it was time to shuffle everyone into the boardroom for the more formal discussion. Then Jim would give the state of the company, same basic speech he gave every month, and then he would open for questions. Without fail, every single time, the th same three questions got asked. Jim, what are you excited about? Jim, what keeps you up at night? Jim, what's on your bedside table? Jim was a voracious reader, and that's about the sum total of what people knew about his professional and personal life. So this was the first of my simultaneously self-conscious and enlightened lessons of leadership. For my part, I was nervous and insecure. I was feeling completely out of my element, especially in those early days. I had never worked in a corporate setting before, and I was honestly still trying to fill out my professional wardrobe at that point. Um, I was on a budget, and most of my clothes came from the limited, if anybody remembers that, old store from your sort of teenage years and 20, 20 in your teens and 20s. And um, I happened to be also sporting a small diamond stud in my nose because I still thought that, and I still believe this to be true, but I thought that I could be the sort of edgy academic that was uh, infiltrating the corporate life. But I was still new to the company and I didn't understand yet the political dynamics who had power and influence and who didn't, but I sure knew the dynamics were there. I could feel them in that room because generally the invitees were that director, senior director level, those that mid-career pivot where people were trying to decide what was next for them and uh, what the power brokerage looked like uh, in and amongst the organization. And I felt awkward and uncomfortable in the cheap fabrics and the pinching in places cut of my clothes. And I just knew at any moment I was gonna make a complete ass of myself by spilling coffee or stumbling over my words. I was so self-conscious, it literally physically hurt. On the other hand, I had this front row seat to observe leadership in action. I saw him, I saw Jim. He was articulate, consistent, awe-inspiring in the force of his presence and the speed of his intellect. He was large and in charge, but he was also human. And what I recognized was that um, in his unwillingness to mingle was, it, it really came across as sort of aloof and it gave people the impression that he thought he, that he thought it was a waste of time. And in many ways, I think he probably really did think that. But there was also an intense discomfort there. Jim wasn't good at mingling, so he didn't do it. I don't think he actually understood the power of his presence and impact on others. 
So while I was self-conscious and pinning my arms to my side so no one could see me sweat, I also saw that Jim had some flaws or areas of improvement that had he wanted to work on them would have made an enormous impact in his ability to relate to and inspire the people in his organization. And honestly, it just felt like a a somewhat sad missed opportunity from my seat. And I saw them too, those high performers, the anointed future leaders of the company, the golden children of telecom. And they fidgeted or scowled or laughed uncomfortably or looked at each other smugly. And they were all different coping mechanisms for the discomfort of being with a leader who quite frankly was a little bit frightening. I saw the desire for recognition, for access, for time with the most powerful man in the company. I saw their faces light up when he acknowledged them and I saw their faces fall when he disagreed. They were human too. So why do I share this? First, I think the idea that we check our personal selves at the door when we badge in is just silliness. We're all humans with dreams, challenges, complex lives and emotions. And those dreams, challenges, complex lives and emotions shape our perceptions, our responses, and our ability to relate to others. So that's that, we're all human. Second, I share with you because I think there's value in knowing that even the most successful, powerful, influential executives have room to grow. As leaders, as leaders in our work, in our family, in our communities, Our first job as leaders is to define a vision and bring it to life in the hearts and minds of the people around us. The second is to work with people, with people, and inspire them to bring that vision into reality. Leading isn't about strategy, tactics, or tasks. That's management. Leadership is about people. And the more we understand that, the more I think that we can spend time developing our skills of compassion to increase our impact and inspire others. So if you take nothing else away from today, I hope you'll remember these two things. One, we're all human, no matter how powerful we become. And two, improving our ability to relate to others is the most important leadership skill there is. And if you needed a bonus lesson for today, I guess I'd give you this. Invest in comfortable quality made well cut professional wardrobe staples because when things heat up at least you won't be thinking about the seam of your shirt digging into your armpit thanks for listening i hope you had some fun if you did i'd love it if you'd share this with your friends be well